You're a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. What an auspicious day for Advanced Medicine Monday to fall on the 4th of March or March 4th. This is always the calendar day, Dr. Batar, where they say, oh, you're marching forward. You're moving forward. Marching forth. Well, we're always marching forth here on this show. I've never heard that before, Robert. That's actually kind of cool. See, all the kind of new stuff. It's like you live. You have lived a sheltered life in some way. I must have. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, coming off of, uh, of course, the Advanced Medicine Monday from last week. I mean, we really, man, took it out into places. We talked about uh, the, the right to keep and bear arms, firearms, uh, the protecting you to death kind of concept of those that smother you with such protection. Or, listen, you're a danger potentially to yourself. We're going to map your neurons. We'll protect. I mean, all of these concepts that a lot of people are waking up. One of the things we didn't mention last week, and I, I thought it would be good to mention, was that a lot of these so-called firearms companies and manufacturers are starting to catch on to this whole government disarmament plan, and they're establishing a strategy as well to, to kind of fight back without firing a bullet. Yeah, it's fantastic. When you sent me that link and I read it, I couldn't believe that they were doing this. And I, I mean, it, it's like a yippee moment, you know, and especially the fact that it's not just one or two companies. Apparently, it's a, it's a whole group of companies. That a are whole doing this. lot of them, in fact. Yeah, this is the idea that... These companies are saying, oh, oh, you, you say that our customers can't get these kind of guns in your area? Well, if that's the case, then neither can your government officials in that area. In other words, we're not going to sell you anything that you've banned for your so-called citizens or local people. And that is such an incredible position for these companies to take. I am interested now in how the government's going to react to it. But, of course, they'll probably react by some type of... Uh some type of uh, imposition or some type of regulatory component. But if all the gun manufacturers stick together and you don't have somebody that jumps ship and is the uh, Judas in the, in the group, mm-hmm. I think this is going this is a perfect strategy of opposing these ridiculous draconian mandates. Yeah. There's a growing list. In fact, we have it linked up here uh, about the, they, they call it a police loophole that, that says, well, let's say the government says like in New York, you can't have certain kind of guns. So interestingly enough, it's like, I don't know if there are 30 or more and growing this list of, of companies that support law enforcement, even government agencies that buy this stuff. And they're now saying, we're not going to sell to your police force because you have basically abridged or eliminated the freedom of the people to defend themselves with the same guns, the same firepower. And you mentioned last week, you know, I think we mentioned the AR-15, how uh, Biden, uh, Vice President Biden said, oh, it's not, that's not, you don't need that for self-defense. It's like, well, what's the military using? That's right. That's exactly the, I mean, it is based on the M-16, say, shoots the same round. That's exactly what is the best self-defense weapon. You know, what's interesting though, Robert, is the whole concept of companies getting together and doing this to make a point and it's such a good point in fact they obviously know what this is about but this is about the forefathers knowing what would happen in history repeating itself and they're preventing that that these these companies are now preventing the government from doing exactly what our forefathers did not want to have happen so that's in itself an awesome thing but even even greater than that is that the public is not aware of this i wasn't aware of it 
the media. The, they're the not covering media, it. Of yeah. course, they're not going to cover it because if they do cover it, then it actually shows people. It accentuates the whole issue of the Second Amendment and how big this is. So it now falls upon you and other shows like yours to make this more uh, make this more evident to the to the masses. And I think that there should be a campaign that we should start, Robert, mm-hmm. to let the populace know that support these gun companies because they're supporting you and they're supporting the second amendment and so if there are a couple other companies that aren't adhering to that the the appeal for the public should decrease so that they don't buy their weapons yeah and i think that is happening certainly among those that are in the aware on this issue but as you as you said you know this is why this is such an important thing i believe to do each week to talk about advanced medicine in all of the ways that we do because we know that old media, that dying on the vine mainstream so-called media, is not covering it because they have an agenda. And it's very specific to villainize those who believe in a right to self-defense, to villainize those who, like us, believe that vaccines are not the way to provide defense or strengthening to your immune system. The necessity and the, and the, the mental gyrations and gymnastics that they're doing to say, oh, my gosh, you people that want to eat cleaner foods, you, you're, you're really – there's a psychiatric screw, screw loose. It reminds me when Fox TV interviewed me a couple of years back and they asked me if um, – they asked me my opinion – of what the other doctors were saying is that how do you respond to the allegations that uh, you, there's no scientific validity in what you're doing and that you're nothing more than a um, quack uh, passing out snake oil? Mm-hmm. And uh, my staff has always enjoyed this response. My wife thought it was hilarious, too. And I said, I really don't care what they refer to me as. And you can refer to me as whatever you want. As long as you don't refer to me in the same context as the other doctors, that's fine. In mainstream <laughs> doctors, I'm, I'm good with it. Just distinguish me from them, and I'm good with it. And they certainly did not expect that because the guy kind of hemmed and hawed. He kind of got stuttered, the, the guy who was interviewing me. But it's the same point that you're saying. Yes, I do have a screw loose in my head, and so does anybody else that's willing to stand out and, and do what you know you know is the right thing for your family and mm-hmm. for your own self, for your own body. It, you know th- That ridicule is only going to work so long. And as people start seeing more people doing the same thing and understanding when p- things like – Books are out there and information is out there like the Medical Rewind website or the Facts and Toxicity website or Liam Sheff's book that mm-hmm. helps to realign the mindset. So the person starts to to understand how this entire charade has been uh, you know, perpetrated on us. Then you start understanding. I look at Liam's book, by the way, as, as a plow that comes in and plows the field so that you can get your mind, the, the field of your mind prepared yes. to be able to sow the right seed. But you know, as people become more and more aware of this, Robert, that – it's it's now that power that they have to try to make you feel ridiculous and you have a screw loose and try to make you feel small or inferior because you're different. It, it's going to backfire. It's already backfiring because more and more pop, popularity is becoming it's becoming the cool thing. It's a popular mm-hmm. thing to actually go out there and pick your own food and go to the uh, the health food stores and get organic food. I actually had a patient a couple of weeks back where the orthopedic surgeon, uh, oncological orthopedist. The kid has osteosarcoma. The oncological orthopedist told him that there's no validity to this food aspect and changing your food to diet, uh, to organic diet. It's not going to have any impact on you. And, uh, you know, you're just basically wasting your time and your money. And about a week later, the family is in a whole food store and the same orthopedic surgeon is shopping there and they see him and he makes eye contact with them and avoids them, turns around and. All right. Yeah. No, up. he was caught. 
I think that in the media interview you mentioned on Fox, what the shocking thing was that they expected you to respond like a collectivist. And let's be honest, the doctors that have not woken up that are still putting their heads in the sand doing what they're told are acting in terms of a collectivist. I won't call it an ideal, but it's it's a way of life that is Oh, it's 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 life not affirming, but it's it it draws the 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 uh, the vitality out because when you're that cog in the wheel, it just it, it it's the spirit is just it's like popping the balloon or letting all the air out. And as you see, there's so many miserable doctors in the profession because they're not living their ideals of maybe the reason they went into the profession in the first place. Without a doubt, Robert, that's exactly what it is. That's one reason that more people are leaving the uh, profession of medicine now than ever in the history of medicine. And with uh, all these other things with Obamacare and such, I think that it's only going to increase. In fact, I've met probably half a dozen doctors in the last year, year and a half, that have nothing to do with the practice of medicine anymore. One or two of them are in research now, um, but one's a pilot, one's selling real estate, one's become Mm -hmm. a photographer. I mean, these people are looking at other avenues of uh, a livelihood and have no desire to participate in the in the medical hierarchy, um, you know, what's being perpetrated mm-hmm. upon us. And I, I kind of find it amusing, too, that the way the medical boards do this, you know, one of the things that they said to me was that we find you guilty of practicing, uh, we, we find you guilty of not practicing to the standard of care. And my response to the dismay of my attorney was i haven't done a single damn thing in my life that's standard and i'm not about to start now <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so you know they, they, like you said they don't expect those type of responses but that's mm-hmm. the truth i mean that's how i feel and you know i i sleep very well at night robert you know how well i sleep at night i oh, mean yeah. I, sometimes I you won't even get up to talk to me what's that sometimes you won't even get up to talk to me yeah i mean i sleep <laughs> that well that's exactly right <laughs> All right. Well, listen, the, the Advanced Medicine Monday, the highlight of the, of the start of anybody's week, as you know, many people around the world downloading it. If you if you don't listen to it first airing uh, between noon and two Eastern time uh, on the uh, American East Coast, of course, uh, replayed through UK Health Radio. We're appreciative of all of our fans across the world. And of course, implementing these strategies, implementing these principles, seeing indeed how you can live your bliss, bliss, so to speak, that you can be trapped even in. I mean, it's shocking. Think about that. Doctors going through all of their training and they're leaving the profession. That was considered almost unthinkable, unfathomable. Why is that? Because they're getting to a point of misery where that misery of, of being where they know, even though they've invested a lot of their time and energy and money, is become more painful than leaping into some, for some, the great unknown. To others, it's finding another thing that gives them their bliss. And it's not just uh, this component, Robert, even the sustainability aspect, the renewable, living your life in a renewable manner aspect. I've seen doctors gravitating towards that. In fact, I had uh, some yaks that I sold to a doctor up in New York, and he came down and just wanted to see the operation, bought four yaks, and told me that you know, he's doing his own chickens, and, and they've actually started a side business where uh, they have all these chickens that they – he created a machine that actually allows you to take the feathers off the chicken and it can be done in a couple of minutes and he rigged everything up by seeing something he saw on the internet and created this little machine and you know takes a chicken and uh, after killing it, it'll de-pluck all the feathers within 30 seconds or something like that. And, and I'm sitting there listening to this thinking, wow, that's a great idea. But this is a doctor. He's a family practice doc and he's living his life and it's, you know, he had his daughter with him, he had his wife with him, he had his father with him. And he's talking about how they're living 
a cleaner, wholesome life. They're, they've got their farm and they're going back to the principles of growing their own vegetables, et cetera, et cetera. And so I see that I see other doctors too. You know, you've got a lot of doctors that are leaving the professional medicine, but those that that really do truly love their profession, they're living in a better way. They're, they're living in a sustainable way. They're understanding these principles that we're talking about in the show and they're choosing to continue in the profession and to help educate their patients in a better way. In fact, while I'm sitting here, talking to you i see this i see this message that comes to me in facebook not that i ever look at facebook i don't even know how to log into my own account but i see the (laughs) emails that come in and and this particular email is from a doctor and it says uh dear dr rashid i'm a medical doctor and a few years ago i started giving free lectures throughout the world on self-healing i also have a group of people who have a great desire to learn about the dangers of vaccines and how to help damage children. I saw your videos where you talked about DMP escalation cream and its effects and would like to suggest the treatment to my friends and my patients. How can people uh, access this? And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with love. Now, you know, this is, a, I don't know who this doctor is, but they're sending, these are the there's two different groups of doctors. Okay. You can kind of bifurcate the population. One that says, you know what? I can live like this uh, in this dichotomy and I'm just going to exit the profession and then the other group that says you know what I it's my responsibility to improve the profession and they're going to continue yes. and then of course yes. you probably got a third group that just lives in the lie and they're going to self-deteriorate yeah listen where, wherever it is where you're being called to serve I mean go there if it is to leave something you thought I could never leave that I mean listen this is your life, right? Don't don't be this life on neuroscience, right? <laughs> be this life that, that that you're here to lead. And a lot of times we've been duped and programmed to believe it is not uh, that that great dream that you had maybe when you were younger. And now's the time to do it. My goodness, if there ever was a time. Now is the time, and of course, that's why uh, all of these things that make us miserable do prop up to go, hey, look at your life. Is this really what you want to do? And I know what I want to do. I want to listen. Actually, I can't get to listen until afterwards. I'm part of it. The Advanced Medicine Mondays here on the Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Rashid Batar. We will talk about some physiological health issues and uh, analyses of those things as well. But I love going into all of these realms with you. Remember, the Advanced Medicine Seminar coming up in Cancun. Make your plans now. April 20th through 27th, a week-long, full, all-inclusive incredible resort and healing like no place else on earth that week we look forward to seeing you there of course the nine steps to keep the doctor away the international bestseller by dr batar pick it up we've got the links as well we'll be right back who'd you say that masked man was it's a bird it's a plane it's robert scott bell here i come to save the day on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. All the links are up in the show notes today at robertscadbell.com, including links to, uh, if you missed any of the Advanced Medicine Mondays, easy targets, yes, they are for listening any time of the day or night through medicalrewind.com and many other ways to get there. We've got them all linked up. Give us a call at 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355 with your questions. And we do have a question coming in off the website, Dr. Batar. It's from a Catherine. Catherine says, what do you think about live blood analysis? She said, I had it done with a friend of mine and I thought it was fascinating. And my husband was even motivated to improve his health. I wanted to know what you think about the validity of the process, right? 
course, there are a lot of federal agencies fighting against it and go out of their way to shut them down. So thanks for any insight you guys have. So what do you think, Dr. Batar? Well, I mean, I think live blood analysis is like anything else. It's got its uh, good things and bad things. One of the bad things about it is that it's really dependent upon the skill of the interpreter, as with most things. Um, But, yeah, it can give you some very good information. And um, there's different techniques of uh, live blood analysis. There's dark field microscopy. I mean, there's just many different types of techniques out there. But I do believe that it has, in the right context, a lot of information that can be uh, garnered by the uh, clinician and can be instrumental in helping people to regain their health if done under the uh, auspices of a person that has experience and the skill in that arena. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you went right to the heart of it, exactly my, my perspective on this as well. Whether we talk about live blood analysis or whether we talk about EAV-type testing machines, and some of them are pretty darn advanced. But Robert, you know, I, I was thinking the same. I was thinking about the electrodermal. When, you, when I was talking about the live blood, I was thinking about how that's applicable to the electrodermal, and here you bring it up. So you, are you like I'm, – I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my God, he reads minds. It's the universal mind power. woo Listen, it, it, it's the point of, you know, I've had a lot of experience with it. You've had experience. We, Jim Hover is a good friend of yours, and I've known him for many years as well, does great stuff with these machines that you're like, wow, is that out of Star Trek? But really, they're only as good, not only as their program, but what do you do with the information? You can have somebody that's skilled in computers but doesn't know a lick about human health and just is reading a digitized map and says, do this, and may, may or may not be of, of benefit to you because they have no context with which to put it. So, indeed, yes, live blood cell analysis, blood it can be a fantastic insight if the person running it has a lick of understanding of nutrition and the relationship to physiological manifestation. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and as you said, it's applicable to every aspect of life. I mean, you can go to a mechanic, and if the mechanic really knows what he's doing, he can do a great job. And if the mechanic doesn't know what he's doing, uh, he's not going to be able to do a good job because he doesn't know what's going on. So it's, it's applicable to every aspect, not just in healthcare, but in every aspect of life. And, you know, I would say that certainly I, I don't do uh, live blood analysis and certainly I would not just rely on live blood analysis, but there are people that are just very good at that and they've built their practices around it. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And the you, you use the, me- the mechanic analysis, too. There were mechanics that were darn good mechanics and still are long before the advent of a lot of computerized technology and analysis equipment. And they could diagnose a a, a machine by hearing the sound it was making. And similarly, with my mentor in homeopathy, he was a low-tech kind of guy. Of course, he learned how to read these blood tests because people would always insist on bringing it to him. But he really didn't need it because he knew so much via questioning, by taking the pulse, the pulse diagnosis, that even a machine wouldn't detect. So these techniques or tools or even scientific advancements with machinery can be great. But don't overlook the fact that that human-to-human aspect of assessing health is something that can be far more powerful than even any technological advancement. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that, Robert. And so there's there's a lot of applications we can see in, in, the, in society that follow those principles. Well, exactly. And so th- that's a great question. And like I said, all of these things can be legitimate tools to help in the hands of someone or in the mind of someone who has the experience and the sensitivity to step back and look at the bigger picture. Even as you go down to the level of the cell and see its behavior, you realize that's a reflection of the above as above, as above so below principle. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with that. And and I think that, you know, as more people start to come to the realization that you and I have gotten to, you will they will see the same uniformity in that principle, self evident surrounding their lives. 
Of course, if we take that a principle and apply it wrongly, then we say, hey, that guy's an expert because he has an MD next to his name, right? He's got a degree and he... Who knows how he's using it? He's got the degree and he's got a license. So that's all we need to know. Let's go in and have him check it out. Men, are you ready? Let's see what happens when you just kind of look at doctors without using your discriminatory powers. Dr. Batar, your wife sent this very painful article to us to read. And I didn't know. We didn't want to do it. But I think maybe now's the time because it could be a warning for us all. Yeah, the uh, testicle article you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. Ouch. I didn't want yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you say that, you know, then it is the ouch factor there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a great story, Robert. Go ahead. With a headline like this, hospital removes wrong testicle, angry patient sues after surgeons unable to put it back, basically. Now, I got a question here. How does a hospital remove it? I mean, it's the doctor that does it. The headline is even wrong. Right. They did that on purpose, too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That is interesting how they do that. But, you know, it's it's amazing that this is, occurs so many times, Robert. I have case after case after case, and I'm not talking about 50 or 100, but it's in the thousands of how a person goes into the hospital and the wrong testicles removed, the wrong foot's removed, the wrong this is removed, the wrong kidneys removed. I mean, it just is over and over and over. You, you would think that how could somebody mess something up like that, but it happens all the time. Yeah, indeed. And you remember Dr. Marsha Angel, she was I think she was the, the, the editor for the New England Journal of Medicine for a time. And she wrote that book about the, the, the causes of death coming from modern medicine, iatrogenic causes of death. And she certainly talked in terms of surgery. And we know the stats are out there. The journals have published it. Uh, medical mistakes being a huge issue. It's not just a minor issue. They like to pawn it off as a statistical anomaly. It's not likely to happen. But, dude, when your testicle is removed and it's not the right one or it's not supposed to be removed at all, that, that's not a good statistic to be a part of. Yeah, exactly. Any way you skin that cat, it's not a good part, good thing to be part of. No, it's like, how are they going to put that back in? You, you know, you can't put it back in the bag at that point. And that's what happened here in this case. And is, your point is, it's not that That's supposed rare. to be a pun right there when you said you can't put it back in the bag? Did I, oh, I didn't mean it that way, but I guess that's appropriate, too. You know, and, and it, is, it is sort of payback for men because the medical profession has been one that is very quick to remove women's body parts like the ovaries and the uterus. Like when they're in there to remove something, they'll go, Hey, you don't need those little pesky things. Look, they're called ovaries. You don't really need those. Let's just pull those out as well. How many times I've actually talked and met with women that have had a, you know, a, a procedure, a little procedure plan. And suddenly they come out of the surgery and they said, the doctor removed everything. It wasn't what I was. I didn't want that to happen. Yeah. It's, uh, like I said, so common, Robert, and when women, you know, having their uteruses, their ovaries uh, taken out, and, and men too, I mean, you have gallbladders taken out in both sexes, you have, mm-hmm. there's so many organs that are just taken out, you know, that old adage in surgery is when in doubt, cut it out and heal with steel, <laughs> and it seems like there's a lot of people that follow, a lot of surgeons that follow that that uh, mentality. I will point out something that I like to point out every opportunity I get to bring this up. The mortality rate from conditions that can be corrected with surgical intervention um, is exactly the same in the United States, in Canada, and in Great Britain. So the, the, these conditions that can be corrected, surgical intervention, the death rate from that, is, the, as far as you know, if you don't get the surgery done, you will die. The, the rate of death is exactly the same. Yet, in Canada, they do twice as many surgeries 
as in Great Britain. In the United States, we do twice as much as in Canada. So we do four times as many surgeries than Great Britain, and yet the results are exactly the same. So what does that mean? That means that we're doing surgery four times unnecessarily in the United States than we do in Great Britain, but that's because, you know, the surgeon needs to drive his Mercedes too, just like the rest of us. So mm-hmm. the the point being that if a lot of these surgeries aren't even necessary, most of these interventions aren't even necessary. There are cases now in California where cardiothoracic surgeons were found guilty of doing unnecessary cardiac surgery and, you know, were, I don't know whether, I think they probably just got slapped on the wrist because that's not considered an ethical breach of conduct. Um, I don't know what, what exactly was done to them. And of course I say that facetiously, but yeah. at the same time, there are doctors left, right and center that have come out and stated the unnecessary uh, rate of surgeries that are being performed. Vanderbilt had a cardio, very prominent cardiovascular surgeon, and I believe Duke was another one that in Burton Goldberg's Definitive Guide to Alternative Medicine, but they both talked about how uh, the percutaneous transluminal coronary angioplasties, the PTCAs that were done, and the, um, the um, um, there was one other procedure, angioplasty, uh-huh. they talked about the unnecessary, like 95 to 98% of those PTCAs were unnecessary. And that's a huge thing for a cardiovascular surgeon to come out and say because they're going against their own profession and admitting that these procedures are unnecessary and many times are ineffective. But, of course, they were ridiculed uh, for making those statements. But the point, again, is, you know, as you said, there's so much absurdity that's been committed in the name of good medicine and to help people. And yet the textbook of surgery by Sabiston, which is considered the gold standard of the Bible, of surgery in the first chapter, Sabiston says that surgery is the ultimate admission of failure. Wow! Meaning that wow. that surgery should be the last resort. It should not be the first thing that we do. Well, how did this happen? I want to get into that with Doctor Batar here on Advanced Medicine Monday. Check it all out online, uh, medicalrewind.com for a lot of the historical references, the tapes, the CDs. What are they? They're MP3s. However, you want to download them, they're available to you in case you're just joining us, maybe for the first time. A wealth of information, over 100 hours now of downloadable audio uh, from Dr. Batar and I doing these Advanced Medicine Mondays. Well, we got a lot more healing to go today on the show, so stand by. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The information is so good. It requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. Batar just mentioned the surgery being the ultimate admission of failure as reference, or you were quoted or quoting in that case. I, you mentioned cardiothoracic surgery. We're talking about you know these open heart scenarios, bypasses, and everything. Very profitable. I, I think they can bill. I don't know, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand per. I mean, it, this is huge money. Now, going back in time to the origination point in modern medicine. Wasn't it a fact that they were attacking, cardiology was attacking the docs that were innovative and utilizing chelation, intravenous chelation, to address what they found to be, well, initially they thought was uh, lead removing, but they found out, oh my gosh, these arteries are clearing up without surgery. That's exactly right. In fact, before the advent of bypass surgery, the use of EDTA, ethylene diamine tetracetic acid, was in the physician's desk reference as an appropriate and uh, I I think it was first line of uh, therapy for cardiovascular disease up until like the mid-1950s. And then after the advent of bypass surgery, very conspicuously that entry into the physician's desk reference was removed and uh, it's no longer considered 
acceptable to do EDTA. Yeah, but that that transformed the. It's like literally rewriting history. Exactly, a, a viable method that was used suddenly disappears from the books, and, and over that's, time. That's, when, that's oh, why I like Liam's book so much. We have official stories, right? It's all about erasing history, writing history, and whoever gets to control the history books basically controls the future because they eliminate the ability to learn from the past, kind of like what we spent last week on a lot, the whole right to keep and bear arms. You know, even, uh, you know, there's still people alive that lived through World War II, not as many, but where where is the discussion, even as you teach people about the dangers of giving up your right to self-defense, what it leads to, similarly in the in the cardiovascular realm? The ability to eliminate these cardiovascular issues without invasive, dangerous, life-threatening surgeries. Exactly, and and this is one of the this is one of the components. You know, when you talked about he who controls the history, mm-hmm. or who can who has the ability, Robert, I would add to that, who has the ability to rewrite history and then disseminate it to the public as having been the actual facts. When in fact they're controlling everything. It's it's just a. Um, it's like a comic book. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's totally fictional. It, it doesn't really exist, and yet that's what most people think is the truth because that's what they're fed. That's what they've been bred into. That's what they've been indoctrinated with. There's a lot of misunderstanding about the concept of creating your own reality because some people can take it into a frou-frou New Age realm where you're like, come on, get grounded. But look about the people who have created our reality for us, for instance, in modern medicine. The control of the belief system that there are no cures for cancer, therefore you must accept mustard gases relabeled as legitimate forms of treatment. Yeah, I mean, this is a very, this comes up now into that Matrix movie, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, which pill are you going to take? What's, the, what's real and what's not real? What is reality and what is illusion? But it shows me the power of when people say, you don't have the power of creating any reality. Are you kidding? It's like, well, look. We've accepted so many lies as reality that becomes a reality. Somebody had the power to do it. Did we give it away? Did we abandon it? Did we walk away from our own ability to say, no, I don't, I don't accept. That's not reality for me. I'm going to go out and, on, and go down this pathway. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, as long as people understand, Robert, my belief is that as long as people understand that they really have the choice in doing anything, you have the choice of being happy, you have the choice of being um, sad, you have the choice of you know being angry or whatever – and, you know, many times I choose to act in a certain way. I am completely in control. And, you know, sometimes, of course, we lose control and we get angry, whatever the issue is. But we have the choice of feeling how we want to feel. We have the choice of seeing what we want to see. We have the choice of hearing what we want to hear. I mean, I'm a perfect example. That's one reason I don't listen to the mainstream news, because <laughs> I choose not to hear it. Yeah. Well, and you're healthier because of it. Honestly, it takes a lot of transmutation of that energy in my life to kind of let it pass through me over here around me, utilize the information as a teaching tool as opposed to being, becoming a victim of that negative information. Yeah, and that's, an, that's um, another good point because sometimes when you hear so many things, they become they, – they, they impact onto your own energetics. And unless you can do what you said, you know, allow it to go through you so that it doesn't affect your own personal health, I just – you know, don't have a desire and, and I don't have a need to actually get that information as uh, obviously you do because you have to report it and you have to tell the truth and re, 
reestablish the truth in a lot of the misinformation that's being you know sent out there. So it's a little bit different for you. I just I don't have a need to do that. I've got you to you know filter through that stuff and bring me the <laughs> things that doing medical advanced medicine Mondays. But you know it's true with anything, not just with information that you're seeing or hearing, but you know the foods that you put in your bodies and it's your choice. Everything is your choice. Every aspect is your choice. When I was going through this medical board thing, the last big battle in 2007 to 2010, I was driving back home from the office one evening, kind of late. My wife and I had gone to the office to uh, get some things that we needed. And we were driving back and it was probably around 10 o'clock at night. And I suddenly started, I just came to a realization. I started laughing. I mean, I laughed aloud and my wife looked at me. She said, what are you laughing at? And I said, I just realized something. And she said, what? And I told her that I just realized that the medical board has absolutely no power over me. Wow. And she says, well, of course they do. They can take your license. I said, no, they can take my license, but they have no power over me. They can't take my life. And even if they do, then I become a martyr. They can't take my degree. They can't take my name. They can't take away what I've done. They can't take away anything from me. All they can do is take away the license. And what is the license? And she says, well, it, it's your ability to practice. And I said, how many doctors are there out there that you think would hire me in a spot? In fact, how many doctors would be out there that would love to work for me and I don't have to work at all and I'm just the one who's dictating the protocols but they're <laughs> the ones who are practicing medicine. Yes. And she's like sitting there looking at me realizing, see, it was a choice that I made to take away their power. The only way that they have power over you is if you allow them to have the power over you. I'm not just talking about the medical board. It's anything, anybody that you're opposing, any body that – any 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 can, and when I say anybody, I don't mean just anybody person-wise, but mm-hmm. anybody entity-wise. Right. The only way that they can control you is if you give them the control, if you allow them to have the power over you. And that's why the forefathers talked about you know, that the people uh, and the government, if the government should be afraid of the people, the people should not be afraid of the government. If, as soon as a, per- a people become afraid of their government, they are now giving their power to the government. And that's inherently where the flaw begins. And that's where the problem lies. As long as people understand that they have the choice and they have the power, just like these companies that we started the show off with today, mm-hmm. Robert, when you're talking about the, the, the gun companies right. that are banding together and saying, fine, you don't want us to sell to the people in this community, fine. The law enforcement in this community also can't buy it. That is the power. They have the power. That is a pow- you know, powerful concept is an understatement because it, it makes you, the individual now, the most dangerous thing exactly. on the face of the earth to those exactly. who want to hold uh, some kind of collectivist power over you. That's exactly right. I mean, the, the guns mean nothing. There are numerous stories throughout history where people were uh, prevented from having weapons and they developed other methods of um, protecting themselves. For example, the tanfa that's used in martial arts, that was actually a piece of wood with a little handle that was used to be placed within a wheel that was used to grind rice. And the Chinese were, I don't remember I think it was the Chinese were prevented from carrying weapons by the Japanese. Yes. And so the Chinese started using this hand grinding, this, this tool that's used to uh, rotate this wheel as a weapon. It would extend their ability to punch you know, by giving them another two feet, three feet at the end of their fist. And it would, they could rotate it back and protect their arms while they were blocking. And, and so a weapon was devised of that. And the martial arts themselves were actually developed by – um, it's groups that weren't allowed to protect themselves with weapons, so they developed methods of hand-to-hand combat to protect themselves. So the weapon, as you just said, 
is not really the weapon that we think. The weapon itself is the person, the, the mind. Mm-hmm. And if you can understand that, as you say at the beginning of every show, which I love, the power to heal is yours. The power of belief is yours. The power mm-hmm. of defending is yours. The power to do anything is yours. As long as you first realize that the only way you can give away your power is by you giving it away. Yes. And it is your choice to give it away or to retain it. As soon as you understand that, I mean, everything else, it's just fun and games. Well, granted, you can be tricked into giving it away. We recognize that a lot of people wouldn't knowingly, willingly. I mean, some would. But I think the uh, you know a lot of people would go, no, I'm not, I would never do that. And then they're duped into it kind of like in a matrixy-like fashion where it's very subtle, where they quietly erase certain aspects of history and rewrite them so you have a wrong belief about life itself and your relationship uh, to government or even a relationship to the divine, which is what we're talking about. That power is, is the source is, is not government. <laughs> it's, it's creation itself, and it's that which created it all. And, of course, that becomes another aspect of the threat to the power of governments who want to usurp and control even religious beliefs. And now I'm not saying uh, about uh, the organized religion because there are limitations to that because these are created by humans, not God. But these are things to consider as we move forward here to retain or regain that power power that we have mistakenly given away you're absolutely right robert in fact you know this point that you brought up about the done in a very very small incremental fashion so that people don't realize what's happening oh i would never ever uh allow somebody to do whatever Mm -hmm. you know you can you can assert anything you want in there for the word whatever but just the way our rights when we get inspected every time we go through the tsa to, to take a flight yes you know that is a an example of slow, insidious changes that we are subjugated to, and we become desensitized to them. Mm-hmm. And over time, we don't even realize that a fundamental aspect of your freedom is is being removed because it's done in such a manner. It's done in the under the pretense of protection. They're trying to protect us from the terrorists that may hijack a plane. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, now the way it is, it's no wonder that it was a plane that was used for the 9-11 because if there was, if you're part of the conspiracy theorist community, like I am, I guess. Or the conspiracy, oh, the conspiracy realist, realist, yes. realist as, yeah. as Liam would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, that the fact that this was a homegrown plot to create justification to take away our rights. You know, I mean, look, look how many, what is it, a million TSA employees now work for the government? Is it something like that? Yeah, well, otherwise they wouldn't be employable. Exactly. (laughs) Poor guys and gals. Anyway, listen, let's talk about how we regain that power, whether it's to heal or otherwise. On the other side of this break, you're listening to Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rasha Bittar right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We're coming right back. Robert Scott Bell. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. Marching forth. That's right. I'm March 4th here, marching to the beat of a different drummer. And uh, we respect your uh, ability to, like I am, if I'm dancing, I'm dancing to a drum that's not even in the room. And people are laughing. But that's okay. Unless <laughs> my wife looks at me that way. But the reality is, how do you regain your sanity? How do you regain your power to heal, power to do whatever? And, Dr. Batari, you were referencing this subtlety of how it's done. You lose those rights because you wouldn't knowingly give them up, would you? Absolutely, Robert. This is the, that adage, how do you cook a frog or how do you boil a frog? 
If you have boiling water and you throw the frog in there, what's the frog going to do? It's going to jump right out. However, if you put the frog in regular room temperature water and then you put the pot with the frog in the water on a stove and then you turn on the heat, as the water starts to warm up, the frog doesn't realize that it's being cooked because the water is incrementally being increased in heat and before the frog knows it, it's boiled. Right, right. But even but, the, the, but, the occasional frog might be arguable that would jump out at some point. The problem is with humans in this way, they're all on drugs. Yeah, that, they're being dumbed down. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, so they, they won't even know the sensation when it's too hot to get out of the pot. There was a story last week that I covered as well about how easy it is to go fishing now. used to take forever to catch a fish. Now the fish are, are dumbed down because they're all on uh, benzodiazepines, other things coming that people are peeing out, going right into the lakes and the rivers, streams, and oceans. And so these, these animals are losing their survival instinct. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a good analogy to think about what happens with a hot tub when you get into a hot tub it's really hot you put your foot in you're like oh my god that's too hot but if you let's let your foot sit in there the temperature gets a little bit um you get acclimated to the temperature and then you can put your leg in there and you can slowly continue going in there and your body adjusts but if you're on a medication that prevents you from having normal sensation yes literally as you just said because we're drugged up you have altered sensorium so now you don't feel that burn or you don't feel that pain or that discomfort so you just go right in into the water so you know that's a beautiful point too robert that you brought up because the pharmaceutical combination with Mm -hmm. what's going on there's a there's another sinister component in there because we're dumbing down the population we're uh, that i.e the vaccines they cause a neurological deficits the metals uh, and all those different things they cause a decrease in intellect and iq and then on top of that you give drugs that alter the sensorium and so now the individual can't perceive they can't feel they can't sense the same things that they could have before they're usually in a lot of pain and some of these drugs cause more pain it throws off their ability to sweat and taste and you know all these different things causes dizziness blah 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 and now the person's normal mechanisms of deciphering their the safety of their environment is altered now and it's and they're not able to perceive a real danger and then that's what happens. Then you can step into that hot water, uh, into that hot tub without realizing how hot the temperature is, and you get burned. I think that's the point when people say, I would never fall for, name the, the, the plot. But they don't recognize that, as I said, they're utilizing information that has been manipulated already to make decisions. And that, of course, can be manipulated chemically in the guise of an FDA-approved drug. If you're on these medicines, you interact with the world differently. If you've destroyed your gut ecology, you interact with the world differently. And all of these things impact behavior. And on some level, somebody does know it, and they use it against us. And the point is, why are we so passionate about bringing the power to heal back to the people even, you know, like you say, if we only limited it to physiological discussion, it might be a little boring, but it, that would help, too, because then it would suddenly open you up mentally in other ways. But we recognize all of this comes together. Absolutely. It's all part and parcel of everything. And, and each one of these components plays a vital role in our understanding of how these uh, various plugs plug together and to form the complete picture because you have to have the complete picture and understand it in order to be able to defend yourself and to realize that the power to heal, as you say, every week mm-hmm. is yours and the, and the power of choice is yours. Hey, if you dig this discussion as much as I do each week, then you'll want to join us in Cancun, April 20th through 27th 
at the Advanced Medicine Seminar there. All-inclusive, incredible week. Just take the whole family. It's, it's worth it just for the vacation, much less the healing information. Whether you're a health care provider, which there will be special uh, uh, classes for you, as well as the lay audience that is welcome and will be part of the Advanced Medicine Seminar as well, just as they are in the regular two-day events. So this is an exciting opportunity to say, really, I want to transform my life. And uh, hanging out with you guys would help me to do that. We want to help you. And, and just so that I can also point one thing out, Robert, it's not going to be all lectures and such for the whole seven days or eight days and seven nights. It's going to be 8.30 in the morning till about 12.30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon so that those that want to attend the seminar, they are able to attend the seminars. And then the rest of the time is with our families and friends. But the mornings will be split up half just for the providers and the second half will be providers and the lay audience together. So it's going to be a fantastic event. We're following the same exact format that we do for the advanced medicine seminars that we've already had, and hopefully you can attend. Yeah, well, it's very exciting. So check it out. Again, the links are up there if you have any questions about that. Also, for those of you around the country and other parts of the world, in fact, you're interested in hosting an advanced medicine seminar, there's a way to do that. And the email to write if you're interested to get 50 or fifty folks or more together to do this is info at drbatar.com, info at drbuttar.com. Also new this week, we're making it easier for you, all the Robert Scott Bell Show listeners, Advanced Medicine Monday listeners, to access the private associations. We talked about cancer, autism, and you know, bringing the health, that power to heal back to you by getting out of the public health arena. We've got a banner up on the site. And what does that lead to, Dr. Batar? Uh, that'll go to the Association for Advanced Medicine. That gives them two links. One is the cancer and one's the autism. And then they can get a lot of information that they otherwise would not be able to get. It is close to the public. They can't access it unless they have a username, a password that's been assigned to them. They've been personally invited, which obviously they would be from you, Robert, yep. and and for me, obviously. So, uh, but that all that information, it's all it's all set up. It's um, we're just working out the last little bit of uh, bugs out of the system. And everything seems to be working smoothly. Robert, just make sure it's only sent out to your followers. We don't that's want it. this going out to the mass public. Absolutely. And that's why you'll, you'll have to be here to get the code, which we'll have for you through signing up for email alerts. Listen, this is the place to come for healing on levels uh, rarely ever discussed. In fact, if they discussed it anywhere else like this, they probably hurt themselves when they come to seek help from us. So hey, we have a good time together, Dr. Batara, and it's always a pleasure to get together. It's always good to be with you, Robert. All right. There goes another Advanced Medicine Monday. And if you didn't uh, catch it all, it's downloadable and accessible through the archives. In the meantime, all you have to remember each week here is the God's honest truth that the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.